It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. The Adam Ritz Show is on campus today in Knoxville, Tennessee at the University of Tennessee with the volunteer football team, and this is a live studio audience! How about that love? How about that orange love? Gentlemen, thank you so much for the warm welcome here at the University of Tennessee with the football team, the volunteers. Our guest is Kurt Majet. Hi, Kurt. How are you? Doing good. How you doing? I'm doing really good. Tell me real quick about uh, your status with the team. I'm a junior, upcoming senior um, for the University of Tennessee. Play outside linebacker um, from Riviera Beach, Florida, and proud to be a Vol. Proud to be a Vol. And you've been volunteered by your coaching staff to represent the volunteers and talk about your team's community service. So uh, we love hearing about uh, young people's work in their communities. And uh, now you get to brag about the volunteers and their work here in the Knoxville area. Yeah, we do all sorts of different types of um, community service. This past Sunday, we went out and um, volunteered with the Polar Plunge. It's an um, event held for special needs kids. And it's freezing water, but we all got together as a team and jumped in with um, special needs kids and a lot of people from different um, other sports or whatnot. So it was, it was a lot of fun to just go out there and support. Did everybody jump in that freezing water? About um, 65% of the guys that came, but it was, it, was a good, it was a good amount of guys that jumped in. Now, uh, I'm not suggesting you do this, but is there uh, retaliation for the 35% of the team that didn't jump in to the cold water? Maybe uh, <laughs> cut the hot water pipe in the shower next time they take a shower? I don't know. No, not really, because uh, if you look, we got a lot of football players. A lot of guys can't swim. So. <laughs> it, it was good. It was a lot of fun. I didn't think of that. I just think that I don't want to jump in the cold water. Some of these guys are thinking, I can't swim. Okay. So, yeah, we've heard about the Polar Plunge Coast to Coast. It's a great charity to help special needs kids. If you have a Polar Plunge in your area, we encourage you. Uh, to check it out. And uh, Kurt, can't thank you enough for, for your work here in the Knoxville area and for representing the volunteers, one in which the best of luck. Let's have another round of applause for all the volunteers here at the University of Tennessee. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. Okay, we pride ourselves in traveling the country to bring you stories of inspiration and charity. And today, uh, we're not traveling the country. We are, if I can use this term, we are trotting the globe. There it is. To uh, bring you this interview, we are with Harlem Globetrotter, Shane Scooter Christensen. Hi, Scooter. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm so honored to be speaking to a Harlem Globetrotter. I mean, this is every boy's dream. Thank you. I've been truly blessed. And uh, this is my 10th year with the team. So I've been... Uh, I've been around the world, goodness, over 75 different countries, and to still be doing it and having fun at this at this stage of my career, I, I couldn't ask for nothing better. I mean, you truly are trotting the globe. You've seen the planet. You are bringing uh, goodwill and right. charity to smiling faces across the planet. I like talking to uh, athletes about uh, what they mean outside the world of sports. Yeah. Uh, the Harlem Globetrotters for how many years now? Almost 100. <laughs> it's our 89, 89, 89 year. year. We started in 1926. 1926. Yeah. What a rich history of bringing smiles yeah. to families' faces. So I want to start there. Okay. Um, your take on making a family smile. I mean, a lot of professional sports, there's a lot of outside issues that right. might 
be unsavory. Right. With the Harlem Globetrotters now, for almost a century, it's right. been nothing but smiles and positivity. I tell you what, uh, I think that's the best gift that we can give back to our fans is to smile because a smile goes a long way. Because sometimes, you know, we, we go to different countries and we may not be able to speak the language that well, but we get that message across every single time. And you see little, you see little kids smiling, and it goes a long way. They'll remember that forever. And how you know that is because anytime we're walking through the airport or going to the hotel, we'll see uh, a, a, a couple that saw the Globetrotters when, the, when there's Meadowlark Lemon and Curly Neal, and yeah. now they're bringing their kids to see the Big Easies and the scooters and all this and such and such. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Yeah, so I mean, so it, we're trying to keep that tradition alive, and we know we're doing our job. So you've been a Globetrotter for 10 years. Let, 10 me, years. let me find out about you a little bit. Where did you play college basketball? Uh, University of Montana in Missoula. So okay. uh, born and raised in Las Vegas. Went hot straight to cold. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but after that, actually, I uh, played for a couple minor pro leagues. I was trying to play pro ball, go overseas. Nothing was panning out. I wound up being in a video coordinator, assistant video coordinator for the Phoenix Suns okay. NBA team and became a practice player for them and then later on became a glow charter. That's how it happened for me. No, that's so interesting. Yeah. So when you're uh, on staff with the Phoenix Suns yeah. uh, in the NBA, the most elite players in the world, oh, were yeah. those guys like Scooter? You could be a globetrotter. I mean, were you doing tricks with the ball and juggling and stuff? It's, it, to be honest with you, I was just actually, it was a pickup game where they saw me. They were actually looking at another guy because, you know, we run pickup games on the weekend all the time. And it wasn't like I was doing tricks on the side. I was actually playing the game of basketball. And they was like, well, who was that kid? They said, well, that's our assistant video coordinator, Shane. He just helps us out. They said, man, he can play. And then they invited me to the camp and 10 years later. But when I first started, they had a competitive team and then they had a show team. But uh, once they saw what I could do with the basketball, because I told them my inspiration was Pistol Pete Maravich. Okay. And I used to do all kind of stuff with the ball just to help my ball handling for a competitive. And once that took over, they said, man, you need to stay show. So that's so what I did. Before we get to some of the Globetrotter okay. charities, tell right. me about that showmanship, your ball handling skills. What's your favorite trick? My favorite, what I'm known for is uh, spinning the basketball on my nose <laughs> and in my head. I'm actually in the Guinness World Book Records of the longest of spinning the ball on my nose. No kidding. I started with, I started with my head and then with my nose, and then I broke my record. I broke my record in 2010, started in 2009, broke my record in 2010, and then someone now has a record of the one on the head. I'm not sure how long, but I still hold the one on my nose. And how long is that? Yeah, I was like five, I think about 5.5, 5.1 seconds, somewhere like that. So I know I can beat it. I beat it every night out here. So you got to have an intern on the sidelines yeah. and the, and the, on the baseboards. I need somebody to, to make it official for me. That is so cool. Shane Scooter Christensen is our guest. He's a Harlem Globetrotter. Um, i got to tell you, it was my dream as a little boy to yeah. be a Harlem Globetrotter. So I guess, um, you know, the Globetrotters for almost a century breaking down race barriers, too. Because oh, yeah. my parents always, you know, kind of joked, even though you know, I'm a middle-aged man, they're like, you know what, when you were four years old, five years old, when they took me to Globetrotter games, yeah. I always told my parents, I want to be a Globetrotter. And I oh, think yeah. that's cool that a, a little white kid can look at you guys and not see color at all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it starts. It started back in the old days, I and mean, even before uh, Curly, even Curly Neal told me this before he became a Globe Charter. He said the Globe Charters used to actually play for an all-white crowd, and also we used to play for an all-black crowd. You're kidding. Yeah, he so so we. I mean, it starts way back then to where, you, and I think laughter and smiling was it like okay, goodness, you have to think that back then, like goodness, okay. We're both laughing at the same thing. We're not so much different. We're the same. 
That's pretty amazing. When you think about when, when you break it down, you think about that, and you see what it is today. You have to pay homage to those guys that that paved the way for us. You know, so it's just unbelievable. That's well, you and I, we are the same. I just can't. Um, I don't have any world records when it comes to <laughs> doing tricks with basketballs on my nose. So, on to Globetrotter Charities. Yeah. I know you work a lot with um, military. You do a lot with uh, kids getting healthy and child obesity, possibly. Yeah. Tell me about some of the stuff, uh, charity initiatives you guys are involved with. Well, we're known as the Ambassadors of Goodwill, so we have an anti-bullying program. It's called the ABCs of Bullying Prevention. A stands for uh, action, B stands for bravery, C stands for compassion. So we actually go to the schools and talk to the kids about, you know, when we we were bullied and they see God a good a glow chatter was bullied of course this bullies not only for kids it happens to adults as well they hear our story and hopefully that situation we make them feel better about handling that situation if you're getting bullied or if you see someone getting bullied we also have a uh, cheer program which kind of morals and values that we live by cheer is an acronym uh, uh, cooperation healthy mind and body effort enthusiasm and responsibility so we do that and just kind of morals and values then we have a a spin program which means some playtime is necessary so we get kids to, to go be active about an hour hour and a half a day where we actually um, you know, we encourage them. It doesn't have to be basketball. I mean, kids love playing dodgeball or playing tag or, you know, walking the dog, jump rope. Just being, and just being active and just letting them know to stay healthy is important. And last but not least, we have a smile patrol program, which we actually go to the hospitals for the kids that can't get out of bed. And we go to there go and sign autographs, take pictures, do some tricks, and uh, make them smile. I actually had one time... I did a smile patrol program in Vegas, my hometown, and when I, I came out there, the kid was smiling, and the doctor came out, and he said, you know what? <laughs> that kid hasn't smiled for like two months straight. Oh, man. And, that, and that's the type of thing that, you know, that makes you realize this is what I'm doing, yeah. you know, and, it, and it's unbelievable. It's so, for you guys, yeah. I, you know, I look at what the Globetrotters stand for, what they mean, what they do. Yeah. If every organization was like the Globetrotters, this planet would be uh, smooth sailing. Hey, I mean, it's, if, if we can change one person a day, I mean, we're doing our job. So, we, you know, we, we love what we do. You know, we're, 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 we're living two dreams. We're, pl we're playing basketball, but we're also, you know, giving back to the community, which we love to do. Do you ever watch uh, another player, even if it's in high school somewhere, a no-name kid somewhere that does some trick and you're like, I got to learn how to do that and oh, bring it out on the court. Oh yeah, I mean you see it all the time on TV and uh, on the internet. There's some kid out there just just unbelievable with the basketball, and you're just like, God, that kid, he's got it. You know what I mean? But I always tell people at the same time too that you know, Globetrotters is not all about tricks and stuff. I mean, you have to have the right attitude to be a Globetrotter as well, because I can come out here and do some amazing tricks, but if my attitude is not good can't be a glow chart. Tricks and attitude and skill. I mean, you guys are still, you're dunking and hitting three-pointers. It's not just a bunch of juggling. I mean, no. you guys are good at basketball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to be a good basketball player first, and then, you know, then then the tricks come later, you know. But, you know, I have a good story. Well, but it was like my, my third year. We went to the Notre Dame uh, College, and the college guys were just getting done with their practice, and we were getting ready to come on to practice. And one of those guys said, oh, man, they're just full of tricks. And my, my, my good friend heard it. He said, let's lace them up. There's no kids. There's no cameras. Let's play ball just five on five we didn't stretch at all and we we kind of treated them like the washington generals that <laughs> that night and what happened was they came to the game that night we gave them the water bucket gave them the confetti bucket they said okay okay we get it unbelievable but that's what it's about and the guy said you understand man some of these guys we've played 
pro ball. We, we, we play overseas. You know, some of these guys have been in the NBA, and, and we still, actors still play today. So he goes, okay, I get it, I get it. It's just a it's diff, different ball game. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, before I let you go, uh, we thank you so much for your time and all you do with the Globetrotters. It's Shane Scooter Christensen. Um, you've been playing 10 years now yeah. for the Globetrotters. Uh, how long is the tenure with the Globetrotters? How long do you play? And then um, what's next for you? You know, I... As long as I'm doing my job out there, I'm still loving what I do, and the organization loves what you know what I'm doing. I I I don't know when I stop. I've been playing ball since I was five years old. If I wasn't playing basketball, I actually probably be like a motivational speaker for, uh, or a coach, or teaching kids because I just grew up. I mean, I love the game that much. I know I was going to do something with this with this ball, and I'm and I'm living my dream right now. Well, we can't wait to watch what you do yeah, in this current part of your career. Yeah. Uh, at the game today, I brought my kids with me. We're looking forward to your tricks and your showmanship. And uh, as always, I like seeing what you do off the court with your integrity and character. Thank Shane you. Scooter Christensen, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Hi, I'm Larry Brown, the head coach at SMU, and you're listening to The Adam Ritz Show. As we roll on with the Adam Rich Show in Southern California, I'm in uh, a really beautiful part of the country. This is Redlands, California, and I'm on the campus of the University of Redlands with a college football player. This is Mike Corey. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Uh, I want to hear about this uh, community service project that you're part of uh, with the team, the uh, the football bulldogs here at the University of Redlands. Uh, what kind of bulldog are you, offense or defense? I'm a defensive lineman. D-line, all right. Yeah. A little undersized, but I play with the motor. Okay, on. so if, uh, if you were just a little thinner and a little quicker, you'd be a defensive back. Uh, probably linebacker. Uh, probably. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I didn't mean to insult your, your yeah, speed no or agility, but is, what, what, is, is it, uh, what would happen if you gained – a little like a hundred more pounds and then and lost some of your quickness then you'd then you'd be an offensive guard pretty much <laughs> that's how you want to put it pretty much okay so uh back to the community service uh what are you guys doing basically what we're doing in a few weeks i believe april 27th through april 30th we're going up uh, the camp for good times it's in the san Jacinto mountains and basically what this camp is is they bring in kids with cancer and they allow them all expense paid they allow them to do activities they normally wouldn't be able to do, let them forget about life for a while. I think outdoor activities, riding a horse, walking on a trail, swim, obstacle courses, things of that nature. So basically what our team does is we go up there for, what, three or four days, and we work on their all-manual labor, digging, tearing down houses, building trails, whatever it is they ask us to do. And for every $1,000 we save for that camp, for the people who run the camp, that allows another kid with cancer to come into the camp and, and, and enjoy it. And for me... I have a young cousin. He's struggling with cancer right now. It's near and dear to my heart. So I remember going last year. Very humbling experience for a number of reasons. One, you're benefiting a kid who who doesn't have much to smile about. And some very heart-wrenching stories about kids who don't make it. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I heard some of the kids that get buried in the camp for good times. Sure, it's 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 really it's it's touching and and yeah. it's it's tough to think about, but. No, it's extremely humbling, and, and it's manual labor, and it's tough, but it's for a good cause, and I think it's something I'm going to look back on in the future and be glad I did. Okay, so it's called Camp for Good Times. That's Camp right. for Good Times, yeah. and uh, I love the uh, – that's easy math for my small brain to do. Every $1,000 worth of manual labor that you do means that another kid yeah. can go enjoy the camp. Yeah. Um, and, you know, th- that is tough as manual labor, digging holes and building, building tree houses and stuff. Um, let me ask you about uh, that $1,000 mark. Is there a way our listeners 
can alleviate some of that uh, financial burden? Can you go to a website and donate? You know, truthfully, I don't have that information right now, but I'm almost positive you can make donations to the camp. I remember a few of the guys on the team last year, they held a charity event, and all the proceeds went for the camp for good times. I don't know exactly how you do that, but I will, as soon as possible, try to get that information. Okay, and we'll get that on uh, another broadcast in the future. But I'm just going to guess that if it's called Camp for Good Times, that it's going to be, if you just Google Camp for Good Times, Redlands, California, you'll be able to find some sort of digital property where you could probably make some sort of online donation and help out with these kids. Yeah, and also on YouTube, our head coach, Coach Mike Maynard, he has a, about a 10-minute video where he just talks about it. It's probably back in like 2011, but he, there's video clips of us working and us digging, and, and he just talks about just camp for good times in general and, and how it benefits the kids and, and some of the work that we do. So that's something that I'd advise listeners who are interested to, to go check it out on YouTube. Very good, yes. Search camp for good times on YouTube and check out uh, the team here, the Bulldogs at the University of Redlands, helping out their uh, fellow man. So let's get to football now. Um, you know, I was surprised when I uh, drove out here to Redlands, I'll say about an hour and a half uh, east of Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, I was in the Long Beach area, and it was kind of chilly. It was 64 degrees, and I get my car and drive to Redlands, and it's 90 degrees yeah, here. I mean, yeah. it's hot here. Oh, it's uh, year-round 365. It's, it's it, pretty much – I think it's rained once this whole year. It's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, in California, it's desperate for, for, for rain. I mean, we're in a drought. But Now, is the summer hotter, or it's just hot, it's hot like this every day? You know, I was born and raised in the Inland Empire. It's just – this is normal. This is no, every day, it's, you know, 90s, 80s. It, it is yeah. what it is. Well, the campus is uh, unbelievably beautiful. I uh, see so many campuses. I'm uh, inspired to maybe write a book called Hidden Jewels or Hidden Gems, <laughs> the best colleges you've never heard of. Yeah. This is right up there. I mean, yeah. it looks like a movie set. In fact, I was asking uh, a coach earlier, are, do they shoot movies here? I mean, have you seen any uh, movie stars walking around? Uh, you know, not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. But well, beautiful they, campus, no question. They should definitely shoot some sort of TV show here because it's, it's gorgeous. And I, there's something about the Southern California palm trees. You know, I spent a lot of time in Florida. Yeah. They're totally different. They're taller. Yeah. They're t I don't know. Oh, yeah. uh, do you know anything about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I just turn on <laughs> Dr. Dre. You, you listen to him talking about the palm trees and the beautiful <laughs> women rolling around California. California, beautiful place. I don't know where anywhere else would want to live. All right. Well, Mike Corey with the uh, football team at the University of Redlands. Uh, and you know what? We encourage you, if you're looking for a place to go to college, check out uh, the University of Redlands. Is it redlands.edu? Yes, it is. Go dogs. Redlands.edu. Go to YouTube, search out Camp for Good Times, yeah. and uh, please, if you can somehow donate money to this cause, it's fantastic, and we appreciate you for yeah. all of your hard work and your efforts with uh, your community service here at Redlands and the University of Redlands. Mike Corey, a pleasure to have you on the show. All right, thanks for having me on. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz, or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. Very blessed to have the executive director of the Passion Foundation, John Parlow, with us. Hi, John. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having us on. I wish uh, we were here to talk about sales techniques uh, and, and happier things uh, in your bottom line, but we're here to talk about a very serious, inspirational, um, and really uh, powerful story of you, your family, your wife, uh, skin cancer, and uh, the initiative you took upon yourself with your wife to start what you call the Passion Foundation. Uh, tell us about the Passion Foundation. About three and a half years ago, my wife got diagnosed with stage two melanoma, and when she got diagnosed... Um, Instead of moping and, and thinking, you know, oh, boy, the world's going to end, we decided to take her negative and turn it into a positive. 
So we started the Passion Foundation, and we raise money to build shade structures over playgrounds here in southwest Florida. Southwest Florida may be um, the hottest place with the hottest sun in the summer you could possibly feel anywhere on planet Earth. Uh, the sun, it's a little, it's a little, it's just a little hotter down, a little more intense. And, you know, the kids, uh, it was a story earlier about uh, the playgrounds I heard. Um, the teachers have their sunscreen on and their big hats, and they're standing underneath uh, uh, the, the, the patio yeah. awnings, and all the kids are out in the sun playing. So your wife noticed that and, and said, let's, ch- let's make a change. Yeah, she did. She, you know, dropping our kids off at school, realized that's what was happening. And the, the teachers can protect themselves, but the kids weren't being protected. So we figured, you know, if, if, if they can't put sunscreen on, let's do something, you know, do, let's do the next step. So we decided to build the shade structures. And, um, you know, they, they block anywhere up to 97% of the UV rays and keep the playgrounds 20 degrees cooler, which is big down here, especially in the summertime. You know, a kid goes to go down a slide and they burn their thighs or they go on the monkey bars and they burn their hands. The, the, the shade structures keep it a lot cooler for them, a lot more comfortable for them to play. Well, our uh, condolences uh, for your wife for passing. Uh, how long ago was that? That was September of 2012. So, and you did you start the passion? Found, did she start it, and now you're carrying it on? Yeah, we you know it was it was her thing. We decided to start a foundation together, but she was the driving force of what we were going to do, how we were going to do it, um, and you know she that's that was her passion. This was what she focused on for for two years, and um, you know before she passed, she said, you know, I want the foundation to keep going, and and that's what we've done. We've um, just finished our fifth playground we're working on our sixth and seventh we're getting calls like crazy for more schools we're getting calls from out of town which is great so the word is spreading and it's you know right now we're focusing on southwest florida but you know our goal one day is when we're big enough we'll we'll cover play you know playgrounds anywhere so it's, yeah i was going to say it's a big country with a lot of sun and yeah. uh, the passion foundation that's going to be a national international initiative someday uh, it would that would be awesome that would be you know like i said that's our goal but we're going to start with smaller goals first and get get southwest florida covered and then we'll, we'll go from there John Parla is our guest, uh, executive director of the Passion Foundation, yeah. and uh, the website is is passion-foundation.org. And how does it work? Uh, cash comes in. Is it just as simple as, as cash comes in, then you write a check to a, a, a shelter company that comes well, in and builds we, it? We work with a great company in Naples here called Shades Abound, and they are our shade company. But um, yeah, we you know we do fundraising events. We donations but 100 percent of the donations and the the fundraising goes to the shade structures it's we don't have an office the office is my house the storage is my garage um so we'd have no overhead you know our only overhead is our marketing materials so 100 percent of it or i'll say 99 percent of what we bring in goes right to the, the shade structures and that's that's big because a lot of charities and especially here a lot in the news that's that's not the case so um it's it's you know again our fundraisers we've got a Big ones in December and in May, maybe in melanoma month. So we do a golf outing in May. We do a big 5K run in December. And then we're part of probably 10, 15 other events throughout the year that people are nice enough to make us the beneficiary of their events. Oh, that's great. And uh, cash and hard costs and what you can actually touch and feel are the shade structures on the playgrounds. But even bigger than that, it's awareness. Uh, People hear of you, know what your goals are, what your initiatives are, and they're like, holy cow, maybe I should get this little mole on my arm checked out. Yeah, and, and it's um, you know, it's just spreading the word. You know, my, my the mole on my wife's back was a small little mole, and it, you know, ended up taking her life. So people just got to get get checked out, get get you know, get their arms, legs, their whole body, you know, checked out, and make sure that they don't have anything that needs to needs to be removed. 
Well, I got to admit, I get checked out uh, twice a year now. Um, grew up in the 70s where your mom and dad would just throw you out on the, on the beach without any sunscreen at all. And yeah. little spots pop up, and my dermatologist has said, now, now that you're this age and you've got these little spots, we need to check you out twice a year. So uh, let's bring on, now that we're talking about spots and getting checked out, uh, Dr. Wasserman. Uh, how is your role with the, pa- the Passion Foundation? How did this, uh, I guess, uh, arise? Well, I, I met uh, John and Tara I think in 2011, I think the summer of 2011, at that point she had been sort of after her surgeries and she was just sort of actually had gone through some chemotherapy and she was just very positive and upbeat and uh, she started a really incredible initiative down here about something that is very important to me, uh, which is melanoma. And uh, I was just so inspired by her story that I just said I just want, I want to help however I can. So whenever John has something that he'd like some, um, a medical professional to sort of um, speak about and get involved with, uh, then I try to uh, help him out with that. And, and the practice also sponsors uh, the, his annual Jingle Jog, as well as some of the other events mm-hmm. uh, that he holds for uh, fundraising uh, throughout the year. So medically, um, for just the normal person sitting in their house right now listening to this broadcast, what do they need to know? What do they need to get checked out? What do they need to look for? Give us some free advice right now, doctor. Sure, sure. So uh, it's very common that people are worried about a spot on their skin that might be melanoma. They know that melanoma is uh, a deadly cancer. It's about only 4% of skin cancers, but 75% of skin cancer deaths. Um, And it's one of the most common, if not the most common, cancer for uh, adults up to 39 years old. Uh, so with that in mind, it can, finding a new spot on your skin can create uh, some degree of anxiety. So we have kind of the A, B, C, D, E's that we like to tell patients to use as a guide uh, when looking at their moles, knowing that most things that break the rules are fine, but all things that were bad broke a rule. Uh, the letter A stands for asymmetry. So if one half of the mole is different than the other half of the mole, then that's something you would want to look for and maybe see your dermatologist about. B is for border. We don't like irregular borders. We like round borders. So if, you're, if your spot looks like a jigsaw puzzle piece, you need to come in to see your dermatologist. The third is color. We like them to be uniform in color. And so uh, you can have a dark mole or a light mole, but as long as it's all dark or all light. But if it starts to have multiple colors in it, um, be it a darker spot or even a lighter spot, then we want to we wanna probably see that mole in the office. Diameter, uh, that is, we like to have moles generally smaller than a pencil eraser. And E, which I think is the most important one, which stands for evolution. And the bottom line is if you have a mole that's changing on your body, it probably belongs in a bottle and not in your skin. That's uh, I, that, unbelievable. The ABCs of skin cancer. Melanoma. Uh, right. I'm sorry, melanoma. And I'm writing this down. That's, those, that's uh, great advice from Dr. Wasserman, the uh, dermatologist, the, the house dermatologist for the Passion Foundation uh, here in southwest Florida, soon to be the United States of America. I, I, love, I love what you're doing. I love these foundations that start local, and then they, they spread and they grow. Uh, unfortunately for the radio station here, John, you're going to have to quit your job as national sales manager, and you'll be full-time uh, employed by the, by the Passion Foundation. That, that would be awesome. You know, our, our goal was for Tara to, you know, run this and and it'd be her full-time job and it was her full-time job in a volunteer sense where it was just something that it was her passion she wanted to do but we would love to be able to do it where we're big enough where we need to hire employees and we need to keep it going we have so many jobs coming in and so many projects that we need to do that we need need a staff and we'll get that way but right now it's just volunteers it's me and my in-laws my sister-in-law and a bunch of great volunteers that help with our events 
It's events, it's awareness, it's getting the word out. I'm, I'm sure you've got uh, Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that behind it. What are some of those digital properties? Facebook.com uh, backslash the Passion Foundation. We're working on a Twitter account now. Um, and, you know, we've got our website again, passion-foundation.org, where you get all the information on our events, our projects, um, Tara's stories on there. Um, so, again, we're just trying to get the word out there. We've had some great phone calls from people. A lot of um, We've just gotten some PGA calls because they've read articles about myself and about my wife and um you know golfers are out there they're number one they're they're out there all the time every day playing and um, there's a lot of golfers that have had skin cancer or melanoma that now um some of the pga people want to partner with us and have us out there events so it's it's slowly it's slowly getting there question for uh, dr wasserman let's say you're uh a guy from the north uh, okay let's say you're me let's just mm-hmm. say you're me and you actually like the summer you like the color you like to get a little tan mm-hmm. uh are you telling me don't do it man put 50 on all over your body or is a little sun okay let me answer your question with a question do you smoke i do not why not okay i get it <laughs> <laughs> right yes yes so, okay. so it goes back to listen people smoke okay that's fine um and, and that it is what it is but I think everybody who smokes would agree that there's no healthy number of cigarettes, right? right? It's either zero and other, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, same, the same thing with, with uh, tanning. I'm not saying the sun. I'm saying tanning, right? What a tan is is a precancerous glow. It's, it's literally a color callus, right? When we work out at the gym, our skin on our hands are feeling the abrasion and the stress on the skin from gripping those dumbbells. And so what it does is it says, hey, I need to protect it a little bit better. Let me thicken. And we can't thank you enough, Dr. Wasserman, for joining us uh, from the technical medical end of the conversation. Thank you very much. And uh, John Parla, uh, unbelievable, inspirational story uh, of taking a personal, uh, I guess, tragedy, uh, health situation, and making it part of your life every day to help other people. Absolutely. And it's just uh, it's our way of keeping Tara's dream alive and, and her name out there. And um, it's something we love to do. So it's not work. It's not a, an effort. It's something that we, you know, myself and her family just want to keep doing and get the word out there. And we appreciate you helping us do that. John, thank you so much. Best of luck with the foundation. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.